Help I Got a Mac, episode number 30. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Chris Biting. And we are here to talk about what it might take for you to become a Mac switcher. And, of course, what is a Mac switcher, Chris? It's someone who has been using Windows or some other operating system and has decided that the Mac is probably the right computer for them and they're a new user and just trying to figure it all out. That's a switcher. Exactly. And so if you find yourself in that boat, you're thinking about it, you're on the fence, uh, or maybe maybe we can just introduce you at least to the thought. That would be great as well. And, uh, of course, there are also uh, the people who have maybe just had a Mac for the last couple of months or maybe just a previous year and, and you're still becoming accustomed to it. That's exactly what we... Uh, gear our podcast towards and so we welcome you to the show now uh chris um i think you've got us some wonderful news coming up uh you want to tell us a little bit about what's happening in the world of mac sure uh this weekend uh and this this comes from uh my good friends at the unauthorized apple weblog looks like the dot mac might be turning into mobile me or dot me or something like that over the weekend the rumor mills went crazy with reports that apple had bought a new domain name from the registrar, Mark Monitors. Uh, the domain name in question is me.com or me.com, uh, which would go with what we heard earlier <clears throat> a few days ago, late late last week, that Apple is rebranding their .Mac service to MobileMe. Uh, hmm. It seems that Apple's relaunching the .Mac service as an exchange-style service, which would be really sweet you know, with push email and stuff like that. And I might be moving to other mobile platforms as well as other OSs. So and yeah, the latest rumor on, on on this whole thing today was from Matt Daily News that the service might even go free with uh, ad supported, kind of like Gmail. So so kind of like a Gmail thing. So basically, we're we're looking at complete rebrand, possible complete rebranding of the .dot mac account. Yes. So do you think that maybe they'll with the ad supported? Are you thinking they'll either reduce the price or or make it free? I still think it's going to be a, a price. I just don't know what it'll cost. I think it's going to be, if I had to guess, I would say they're going to drop it down to 50 bucks. That would be interesting. And uh, so, yeah, that, that sounds pretty interesting because, of course, we've done an episode uh, oh, quite some time ago about the .Mac account and who it might be good for and, and who it might not be good for based upon the, the features set that's there and, and, and your desired use of those features. Um you know, for me, I'm not a dot Mac user. I think in my mind, if I was a multi Mac family, I might like some of the syncing abilities of dot Mac. Would you would you talk about the syncing abilities of dot Mac? Sure. Um, what it allows you to do is if you have multiple computers, you can you know, you can sync all your your bookmarks together, all your iCal stuff together, uh, all your email, of course, you know, using dot uh, max email service uh, but one of the, the neatest things is a feature called back to my mac which allows if you have a laptop and a desktop at home allows you to log into your desktop remotely from another mac okay uh, the other thing that it offers it does you know offer really a really easy way to make photo websites and uh, you can also get i think it comes with 10 gigabytes of online storage so you can use it as a disk like an online 
internet-based disk and store files on there too, which is pretty sweet. So that's pretty cool. And of course, Pups Pals in our chat room is saying nice extra space for the uh, on-the-go laptops. Uh, it, but of course, then says, but other than that, you know, I, I know a lot of people who are using the dot, uh, what is it, the dot Mac email addresses. So a lot of people are using it for the free email. Now, it, it, it the dot Mac email, that is IMAP, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's IMAP. So that, I mean, it's a good, it's a good email account. account. The only problem I have with email accounts, you know, being, you know, dot Mac or anything of that nature is the idea that maybe one day you may no longer want to be associated with that email address anymore. Right. Yeah. So, uh, because I I was like your own, your own personal domain is the best. Yeah. So that, that's the way that I go. Of course, a lot of people use it. So, and they're happy with it. And I would say it's better than I I would go for a dot Mac dot or email address versus you know the dot whatever the name of your um internet service provider is right so many people are i see you know using insightbb.com or fuse.net or uh roadrunner.rr you know dot com and it's like the the problem is is that chances are you're eventually going to move and you may possibly move to a location where that's not going to be your uh your isp anymore and chances are you want to you won't want to keep that email. So, .dot mac I think is is preferable over some. Uh, but if I was going for something that was not going to be uh, tied, and, and if I was going for the in between, the you know the tied to your ISP email versus somewhere in the between, you know having your own domain like Ravenscraft.org or Biting.org, uh, I would probably settle on like a Gmail or a Yahoo because those have been around forever. They've been free forever, and chances are they'll always be free. So, oh yeah, it's it's a little bit here and there. But uh, so dot Mac, I I wonder what other features. Do you have any idea of what other features they might? launch in this rebranding uh there may be a lot to do with the iphone whatever whatever that's gonna do you know but i i really don't there's no real word on what on what i, I can't even speculate what kind of features we're gonna see but it's got to be new features though i mean it, i mean there's no yeah reason to change exchange the name. you know exchange style email like the push email and things like that i think we're gonna see uh dot mac or whatever it's gonna be called doing that okay now, that's that's what I think. So so this exchange server stuff. I mean, is that a big deal in email? It is. Uh, that's one of the reasons RIM is or BlackBerry is so good. It BlackBerry has uh, freakishly awesome battery life, and the reason is is you know how your uh, when you you set you set your iPhone up or or whatever to check you know email every ten minutes or fifteen or fifteen minutes or a half hour or forty five minutes whatever. With push, the system sends the email to it, so it's not actively going out to it, and that that increases battery life because it's not constantly making network calls. Okay, so it, it, tell me if I'm correct in this. It's kind of like an email comes in in a similar fashion as an SMS message would. Yeah, that's an easy way. That's a that's a very simple way of thinking about it. It just actively kind of comes to it without it looking for it. That's cool. I like that. So, yeah. so I, I might be interested in something like that. I, I don't know. Of course, I'm, I'm so tied to Gmail. Uh, I really love my Gmail account too. So, anyway, yeah. it, that's interesting. And when do we do we think that? Um, when do we think we might be hearing that? Is that going to be around? Well, you think that'll be announced right around the same time as uh, 
the iPhone uh, 3G thing? Yeah, we got the WWDC, the Worldwide Developer Conference, which is where the next keynote is going to happen. That happens uh, on the 9th. So, yeah, I think next week, what is it? A, yeah, a week from today. Is it? It, might be, it is a week we, from today then. Yep, we might be talking about some super cool hot stuff. Very cool. And, of course, I think probably during the keynote, I know I will probably be here, and, and you might be as well, uh, at gspn.tv slash live, which is the home of the new uh, awesome, super cool chat room that we've got going with the live Ustream video and audio. And uh, we encourage you to come check us out whenever we do a live show. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. This June 9th, I, I, I was, I've been waiting to find out when this is. Are we, are we going to go out and get our new iPhones, do you think? What's your prediction? <laughs> um, I think they'll be announced. I don't know if they'll be out. Okay. Now, what about this rumor of something about, you know, Apple employ- or AT&T employees not allowed taking uh, vacation during the month of June? That could very well mean that the phone is coming out and I could be completely wrong. <laughs> well, that, I, I've just heard that. I, I don't I don't know anything about, you know, if that's if that's really the case. But I have heard that somebody said it somewhere. I didn't read it, but somebody mentioned it to me. Right. right. What's this other news? Apple to relaunch back-to-back school pro- promotion tomorrow? Or back yeah, to school? Yeah, this is supposed to it's supposed to happen tomorrow every every year in the summer and this will probably go on until September or so. Apple has a special deal for all students and what it is is typically it's it's you buy a, you know, iMac, Mac Pro or MacBook or MacBook Pro and you get uh last time it was you get a uh iPod uh, nano for free right and the rumor is going now that you're going to get an 8 gig iPod touch for free okay so an iPod touch so you get the 8 gig iPod touch for free if you buy a Mac right yeah, it's free with rebate you get a rebate in the mail oh I hate those it's fine too no it's not <laughs> it, it, it's a real it's a it really is a pain in the butt for anybody who uses a PO box to get the yeah, mail and uh, I think rebates are absolutely horrible, and I think they should do away with them. I think you should everything should be instant rebate, redeemable upon entering a special promo code. Yeah, that, that's the way to do it. That's fair. But because the chances, you know, the, the reason why they do those rebates is because they, they just know some people are not going to send it in. They'll, they'll just forget. They'll, they're just not self-disciplined enough to do it. That's true. <laughs> anyway. So uh, let's uh, see here. We have uh, Michael King is in the uh, phone bridge. So uh, I just want to thank you, say thank you to him for uh, joining in. And I uh, just want to encourage anybody else. There's The phone number is below the chat room. Feel free to dial in and hit request to talk. Or if you're dialed in, just hit pound eight and you'll be able to request to talk. We'll see you and bring you into the show. All right, so any other news, or is that what we have for this week? That's that's all that's going on this week, so hopefully we're going to have a ton of news to talk about next week. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we will, we're definitely going to enjoy talking about um, the keynote and all the awesomeness that comes out of that. So let's go ahead and talk about some listener feedback and questions that we have. Sure. What, what do we have up first? Uh, let me switch over to that real quick here. Uh, first thing we got is a... Uh, an email that that you got and then you forward it to me and it's from a listener named melinda and uh she says hi cliff i recently recently purchased an iphone and i love it 
I don't know how I manage without it, which you know we all say. Anyway, I currently use Google Calendar for all my calendar needs. However, it's difficult to use with the iPhone. So my question is this. Do you rely heavily on calendaring and to-do lists? Are you using iCal for this purpose? <clears throat> if not, what do, you, you, what do you suggest? Melinda. All right. So here's the so, deal. If you, you do this a lot more than I do because you know, my calendar you know, is generally used with the calendar at work. So Right. So uh, and, and here's the deal. I'm going to let Chris give his uh, opinion afterwards. But here's, here's the situation. And, and I already responded to Melinda on this one uh, personally, but I want to share it here for the show. I, when I first got my iPhone, I quit using Google Calendar and went solely to the calendar that was in the iPhone. Now the problem is is the the one thing there are a couple things I don't like about the calendar on the iPhone as far as having it exclusively there. And that is is that I I'm really limited in the in the viewing options. Sometimes I like to be able to I love the full 1 month preview um view option on the website. So if I can maximize my screen, I have the entire month calendar up on the screen. And not only that, but it also shows me details as far as the, um, it will show me the appointments in order uh, listed by the time that the appointments are there. And I can get a very good graphical view of my month. Now it does show me on the iPhone the month but it has just little dots to indicate that something's there you had to go to and highlight to it and then at the bottom it shows it it's just not the same and for somebody who relies so heavily on a calendar and and that functionality to be able to quickly glance at the next week or quickly glance at all these other things it it, it was just extremely important for me to to be able to have these different view options so I immediately began to search for some solutions out there to to manage this, and of course I tried iCal, which is is for the 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 it's kind of like the calendar that comes included with your MacBook or your or your Mac computer. And I will say, and and I apologize if this offends any Apple lovers out there. I despise iCal. I think it is a it is completely horrible in its look, feel, and everything. It it just does not do anything for me whatsoever. So um, I didn't like it. So I went back to using Google Calendar, but I didn't like the fact that I didn't have, you know, this this ability to sync my stuff back and forth. So um, I tried a program that almost works for me. Almost works for me. I think it will work for a lot of people, but it only almost worked for me. And it's a company called uh, Spanning Sync. And that's S-P-A-N-N-I-N-G-S-Y-N-K. And so I do want to ask uh, people to go and do a Google search for that. In fact, uh, Chris, if you wouldn't mind, uh, put that in our show notes there, and I'll make sure that we add it to show notes. But anyway, uh, Spanning Sync, you download it. You can get a free trial for, I think it's 15 days. And what's nice about this program is you download it onto your Mac, and it will synchronize your Google Calendar with your iCal on your MacBook or your or your Mac computer. And what's really neat about it is it asks you for your username and password to Google because rather than reading the data from some kind of HTML format or coding, it actually literally signs into the database of Google. So it gets all the accurate detailed information. And so what uh, Spanning Sync will do is Spanning Sync will synchronize your data between your Google Calendar and your iCal uh, on your Mac. 
Now, here's here's what happens. And of course, then once you put your iPhone into the docking cradle or you sync it up with your Mac, then it will synchronize your iCal with your iPhone. Now, this works in theory because, and it, and it does a pretty decent job, um, as long as you're only changing your calendar data in one place. For example, if you're the type of person who's only going to add content to your calendar or delete content from your calendar on your iPhone, then it's great. Or if you're only going to add appointments or delete appointments from your Google Calendar, then I think it will work for you. But here's the situation. There were often times where, of course, I prefer to only use the Google Calendar it, it, that would be in the iPhone when I'm out on the road. I, I would never want to sit there and navigate what's going on on my list using the iPhone because I'd prefer the the one month view or the week view, the next seven days view or whatever and, and kind of fool around with my calendar there. And of course, if I'm doing that, my iPhone is in my pocket. So then if I go out on an appointment or for lunch and I am having lunch with somebody and they say, oh, by the way, Cliff, um, or well, let's just say before I leave for lunch, I had three appointments to my calendar, but I don't sync my my iPhone just yet. And back then I was working at the insurance agency. My MacBook was back at home. And uh, so I didn't have the opportunity to sync. So I would sync a couple, I would add a couple items to my Google calendar. And then while I was out to lunch, somebody would say, hey, I'd like to add, an, or I would like to change our appointment from next week to the following week, uh, if you don't mind. And so I would delete that and I would add that. So that when I came home at night, there were changes on my iPhone to be made in the syncing process. And there were changes from Google Calendar on i that had already synced with iCal in place. And it never failed that I always, uh, I always would occasionally run into this um, either something that I deleted on one or the other didn't get deleted in the process because it couldn't figure out which one to go with. And also there were times when I saw doubled up um, posts. And so those things, when it comes to my calendars, if it's not perfect, I really start to get scared because I rely too heavily on my calendars. So for that purpose, what I did is I completely erased everything out of my iCal I completely erased, uh, completely deleted spanning sync, and my um, iPhone calendar is completely blank. There's nothing there. So I exclusively now use Google Calendar, and I am praying to God that a developer will create a Google Calendar application that resides and syncs directly to Google Calendar, not going through my Mac, to iCal, to Google Calendar. No, I want something that will sync directly to Google Calendar and will reside there so that if I lose my internet connection, I still have everything. That's what I'm praying for for my calendar solution, Melinda. Not that I have an opinion on it or anything. <laughs> oh, I'm just joking. Do you know what I use for my for my calendar? What's that? Um, just the calendar on my iPhone. <laughs> I know you do. That's it. That's it. I don't use. I very rarely log on iCal. I just use the the one on my uh, on my phone exclusively because I've always got my phone with me. You know, very rarely, if ever, do I not have my phone. Right. So if I needed to put in a calendar thing, I put it in there. 
you know, I could just click on the little dot and look at it and see what's going on. Um, now, with that being said, I do have my work calendar synced with my iPhone, but the way I do that is I use Entourage, and Entourage does sync with iCal, but iCal never really opens. It's just kind of a conduit between my iPhone and my work calendar. Now, if I make a change on the work calendar on my phone, it won't reflect back in Entourage. So it's only a one-way thing, which is fine because most of the time for work, I'm only going to use it in Entourage anyway. So I, I don't know. I think we'll start I, – I think – the calendaring is going to get better with uh, the version 2.0 software. I think it's it's just a matter of time before it's awesome. Right. I'm going to bring Michael King into the call here for just a moment. Michael, are you there? Yes, I sure am. Now, you you had said in the chat room that you don't think Apple's going to allow this sort of thing. Tell, tell us what you think. Well, you know how Steve Jobs is. As long as he's there, it's his way or the highway, and... He likes iCal and all that, so I just have a feeling that's, you know, uh, that's the way it's going to be. They're going to use iCal. He won't allow any other calendar, calendars. No, I, 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 I disagree. I think, I think they're going to allow that kind of stuff just because they've got a, a working relationship with Google, and, you know, it's, it, it's not taking any of their business away if they use Google Calendar. I mean, they've already written an iPhone web app for for uh, Google, and they've actually promoted it on Apple's site. So I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I, I think this is going to be something that's that's going to be solved right away. And if not, then a, a jailbroken solution will come out. Yeah. Right. That'd be the big way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, In fact, I would I would say, um, Michael, if, if they don't come out with if they don't allow a solution that is easily made available in the jailbroken version and there's not enough, I mean, because honestly, for me, you know this whole applications things that, that that's getting ready to come out for me the real draw is the calendar and to do functionality um you know some some of these more uh organizational style things that that are not necessarily apple related and um you know if they don't allow that but i can get a good syncing solution with google calendar on my iphone i would jailbreak you know, I've had a, I, I've got mine jailbreaking, uh, broken, so I can do some of that stuff, as it is. Because uh, I really don't use iCal that much. I like you. I use Entourage all the time, and I use its calendar uh, mainly because I use it in work. And another thing with this whole calendar thing, you know, once the exchange support happens with the uh, iPhone software 2.0. You know, things like meeting requests, which come through Exchange, all that stuff's going to work with the calendaring system. So I think we're going to see an updated, tweaked kind of calendar uh, addition to the built-in calendar on the iPhone. I think I, I have faith that it's only going to get better. And if not, someone will make a better solution. Yeah, and I see Scott Mentz in our chat room. He says Google CEO is on the Apple's board of directors, so they're pretty tight. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, and like I said, and and. And uh, I think God says, pray, you know, anything that's on your mind, go ahead and pray for it. So, so there, there's no chance I'm going to pass up praying for a nice Google application uh, to come out within the next 30 days. So it's going to be very exciting. Now, if I, I don't, I'm hoping that the iPhone 2.0 software comes out next week because, you know, you know me, man, I love nothing better to download the newest piece of software and install it like. 10.5.3 came out last week. I installed it the second it was out. Haven't had any problems. As soon as that iPhone 2.0 software is out, I'm going to hit refresh on my iTunes until it comes down. Just like 
uh, when uh, I think it's one point one point four came down with the 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 um, location based triangulation on the Google Map. Yeah. As soon as I was able to download, I downloaded it, installed it, and I I just love this kind of stuff. I just get so charged up about new things and especially new features on this phone that I love already, and I don't have to pay extra for it. It's so awesome. Are we gonna get copy and paste? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we have I think we literally ha- have to include the term copy and paste in every help I got a Mac episode whether we go into detail about it but we just have to say copy and paste Steve and then move on yeah <laughs> let's go to a, a um, email or uh, something we've got from pups pals after go for it after hearing the discussion about music videos in iTunes on the recent show I thought I'd add my two cents I found that the music videos cannot be added to the sidebar of iTunes like other types. You ha- you can have music you can have music, movies, TV shows, podcasts, audiobooks, iPod games, radio, and I think something else, but no music videos. Seems dumb to me, especially since once the video kind is set to music video the video uh okay music video the video no longer appears in the movies or tv section it took me a long time to find where my music video went the first time i did this to set your own video to a music video get click on the get info on the video which is uh, apple command i or file get info or you can hit right click and click get info and for those of you who have been using Macs forever you don't need to know what a right click is only us uh, (laughs) really cool people like those Uh, anyway click the video tab and then select music video from the kind of video pull down list and then click OK next he says so to end both problems I created a smart playlist now you know what's weird I've been using iTunes forever now and I still to this day have never created a smart playlist, Chris. Really, I I've created some for my iPhone since you know I've got the limited edition four gig iPhone. I was using it to kind of rotate new, a fresh batch of new songs. Uh huh. So I've so. I've never used it. And for those, can you explain? And I'll, I'll continue reading uh, Pups Pal's email here in just a moment. But I would like to go ahead and have you explain what a smart playlist is on iTunes, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. A smart playlist is basically a database where you set up some parameters saying, okay, I want to use, I want to look at all the music that is less than four minutes long. And what it does is it it goes through, you know, iTunes is just this giant database, right? So what the smart folder does is it, it looks at these parameters of, you know, is something longer than a certain amount of time? Is there a certain number of songs that have a rating of like three or more stars or is all the songs from a particular artist? And what it does is it looks through that giant database of music and dynamically generates results based on that, the search criteria. And this folder can, will automatically populate with the proper content anytime that iTunes is open. So if you want a folder that has you know, 300 songs in it randomly, every time you launch iTunes, it's going to randomly put in three, 300 songs. Or what it'll do is if you say, I want 300 songs that haven't been played, and you sync them up to your iPhone and, or your iPod or whatever, and next time you plug in your, your iPhone or iPod back in iTunes, it's going to say, okay, the songs that were played, go ahead and remove those and put in... The, the put in new songs that haven't been played yet so you can you can use this and, and kind of go through your music real easily in a controlled kind of way it's pretty pretty cool very cool 
And so um, let me go ahead and finish up uh, Pup's Pal's email here. It says, uh, to end both problems, I created a smart playlist. So basically, option click the plus sign on the bottom left, or you can do Apple Command Option N. This is... <laughs> Here's what I would do. I would just, in iTunes, being a, a Windows user forever, uh, always just go open up your iTunes, click on File up in the menu, and then do New Smart Playlist. See how easy that is? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, then you would uh, program it as follows. And then, of course, once you go in and do this, I have looked at this before. It looks pretty simple. And it says, uh, he says, you, what you would do is do Video Kind is music video and check live updating and he says now anytime you buy or set up a video as music video you can now find it quickly as an added plus if you have a fifth gen ipod or higher this playlist can be synced as discussed in the show and you can watch the videos there I've had let's see I've also had these music videos audio audio play when I uh, when I shuffle my iPod, okay, which to me is nice. But if you don't like that, <laughs> be sure to say skip when shuffling in the options tab when you get on the video. Hmm. What? No, I'm joking. <laughs> There's a lot there. I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I'm going to take today's show notes, the entire list of show notes, and and publish these in the... Um, in the show notes section of our of our site, so um, okay, I'll put this there. Did you put the spanning sync note in here somewhere? Not yet, but I will. Okay, very cool. Well, I'll tell you what. While you're reading the next one from Tekka, I will go ahead and put the spanning sync in there. Okay. All right. Okay. Tekka wrote, "Hey guys, I'm thinking about buying a MacBook Pro for a while now, and since it's my birthday soon, I think it's a good time to purchase it. I have a few questions though." I'm planning to use the 17-inch MacBook Pro for study purposes as well. And since most of the programs used in the study are Windows-based, I want to use VMware Fusion or Parallels. I was wondering if there are any big differences between these two programs. Also, I wonder when I use Windows through these programs, will everything be compatible as I can use all the programs without any problems? And there's she's a couple questions. So we'll, we'll take one at a time here uh hopefully you haven't bought it yet i would say buy it tomorrow you get a you know an ipod touch um differences between uh vmware fusion and parallels i've used both and i've loved parallels but right now i'm using vmware and i'll tell you why uh vmware supports dual processor and since all the computers now have dual processor you can get a little bit better performance out of vmware and also to me vmware seems to have better video support so I really like both. I think they're great programs. They're both the same price now. And if uh, VMware has just been at this game a lot longer than Parallels has, not on the Mac side, but just an overall virtualization software. Very cool. And I'm still using Parallels, but, you know, I'm not booting up nearly as much as I used to into Windows XP uh, and not because I'm using Mac more, but I just I just choose not to do it um, if, if I can get by with it. Although it was... So Go ahead. I'm sorry. Although it was kind of nice to have parallels when I did go to the Smokies this weekend and didn't have access to a, a, a full blown PC, I did open it up to do some editing in Adobe Audition 2.0. Cool. But it, it, it's nice just to have it there, is what I would say. Yeah. So now the the next question is: Can I install both XP and Vista? 
Sure, you can install as many copy, you know, as many different versions of XP or Windows, DOS, OS2, Warp, whatever you want to install on on, on these virtual machines. You can. Um, I personally am using Windows XP just because. Uh, Cliff's gonna say because Vista is crap, but that's okay. Um, I'm using it just because XP has a lot lower system requirements, so it runs better uh, with using less RAM. Because what, when you when you launch these programs like VMware and Parallels, you're able to kind of carve off a piece of your physical RAM for the machine to use. So I've got two gigs of RAM on my MacBook Pro, so I've said you know, to the system, hey, use 768 megs of RAM for the Windows XP load, and it runs really, really good. So I would say you could use both, but I'd probably stick with XP just because it'll run better. Right, and also want to say, uh, and I'm not. I wasn't listening there while I was doing the show notes section. But anyway, w- one thing you'll need is a copy of the operating system, a licensed copy of the software for ones that are, of course, copyright or licensed. So, right. if you wanted to put both Vista and XP on your machine, you certainly can do that. But you will need to have a a copy of that for for the use of uh, using it in there. So anyway. Yeah, and one of the things I do, I, I actually, uh, as you know, when you when you get a new Mac, one of the options you can also use is Boot Camp. And what I actually am doing, and you can do this both with Parallels and VMware, is run Boot Camp. It'll, it'll create a Windows section on your hard drive. And what's nice about that is you can use the full... You know, power of the computer while you're in Windows, but you. But the problem is you have to actually turn off the well, restart the computer, and then decide if you want to run the Mac side or the Windows side. And you know, the two will never meet. What's sweet about Parallels or VMware is once you get that boot camp partition set up, if you want to go in there and play games, and that's what I use it for, or anything like that, you can reboot and go into the Windows side. But if you're using VMware, VMware or Parallels can can access that that bootcamp partition and run it just like you would set up a virtual machine. So you get kind of the best of both worlds when you do it that way. Gotcha. Now, I'm not sure if John Schaefer is talking about this or not, but uh, uh, anyway, he said something about um, he did that with Parallels, but it became corrupted. Yeah, it's... You have to kind of be careful. You have to shut down Windows. You can't just put it in a hibernation mode because it kind of gets weird and stuff like that. Um, the other question she had, though, yeah, oh, yeah. I've done it and, and it's fine. Okay. Um, the thing is, though, it does take up more space, so keep that in mind if, if you're if you're lean on hard drive space. Yeah. Uh, the third question they ask is: Is there any essential programs you guys recommend for me to purchase when I buy my MacBook Pro? And at the store, maybe a copy of Parallels or VMware if you, if you're going to go that route. Uh, would be the only thing I'd probably recommend at the store. Uh, everything else you can download, you know, from the from the internet for free because most of it's open source stuff. Like, you know, Adium if you want to replace your chat program, you know, Firefox, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, of, of course, it, it's obviously going to come with the most recent version of iLife, which which is good um, because yeah, exactly. the the iMovie is really good. Um, and well, that's the only one I really like out of the suite, I think, uh, for the most part. But anyway, that, and then, of course, possibly, you know, depending on whether or not you are dependent upon uh, Microsoft Office. Uh, so they do have uh, Microsoft, you know, the Office suite uh, for the Mac. And they also have uh, if you want to try switching over to the Apple branded way of doing the Office suite. It's it. What is that called? It's iWork. Mm hmm. 
So yeah, I, I like iWork. It's really nice. I have iWork on my system. I don't use it. Um, uh, I, I, I don't understand why I don't use it, but uh, I just don't. I, I've been using Google Documents and haven't found really a need for the use of anything beyond uh, Google Documents, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, no, I know why I bought it. I, I Okay. Yes, I will say buy iWork for no other reason other than, um, oh, what's it called now? The presentation software, Keynote. Yeah, we, we uh, as you guys know, I, I, I work for a marketing communications company. And uh, pretty much all of our presentations have switched over to Keynote because, you know, it, the video looks good and it's got some really cool transitions. And, you know, we, we don't make slides with a bunch of like, build-ins and all sorts of crazy stuff you know we want to play high def video we want it to look great we want the you know alpha channels to look nice and transitions and dissolves when we do use that stuff and keynote keynote crushes powerpoint when it comes to that yeah i would have to agree with that um still to this day i i bought i work for keynote have not yet had a chance to get in there and really play with it to a, to any potential whatsoever but uh, now that I'm getting ready to do some more stuff with webinars this month and also want to do some online screen tutorials, I know that there's the ability to do like a presentation and then to actually record your voice along with it and then export it as an iMovie uh, or as a, a, a QuickTime movie. So I'm definitely going to be fooling around with that functionality probably all the way through the wee hours of the morning uh, several nights throughout this month. So Keynote yeah. is definitely a re- that that's one I'd say if you're if you would if you have any interest in pre- doing any presentations at all, um, that's one I say go ahead and pick it up in the in the store. And what's sweet is you can use your you know you can use the the included remote that comes with the MacBooks and uh, you know MacBook Pro to, to do the presentation and it you know it's got a really nice I don't know it's kind of cool to be able to push that little button. You feel like Steve Jobs because <laughs> that's what St- Steve uses. Keynote in his presentations. Now he doesn't use the Apple remote. He has some kind of like highfalutin nine battery RF, stronger than a radio station clicker. But you know, yeah, no doubt, stronger than he, people in the front row have cancer every yeah. <laughs> after every keynote. Speech. And, and anybody who's in our chat room or or anything like that who has not experienced, uh, and you're probably new to the Mac, have not experienced what I call Steve Note, which is the CEO of Apple, Steve Jobs, CEO, I'm sorry, CEO and co-founder, uh, Steve Jobs, give a presentation. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's like, it's like magic. Magic comes through your TV when you watch it. Now, um, what I'll probably do is it, what happens is people, you know, watch it live and that are there and they'll live blog it. And then, you know, all of us are in there commenting, you know, going through different websites, trying to find out the information. And then later on in the evening, they'll post the video of it. I highly recommend if you've never, ever seen one, watch the video and you're going to want to buy whatever he's selling because the guy is just so awesome. Uh, Chef Mark wants to know if you'd like some fries with that Kool-Aid, Chris. Chef Mark, <laughs> I would like some uh, sweet potato fries, please. Thank you. There you go. Hey, but and- yeah, uh, and and Andrea is asking if we're going to do the live chat thing. We did a uh, in January for the MacWorld, and uh, you know what? Maybe we'll just uh, we might just do a little a little thing here in the, in, in the live, unless unless you want to, you know, do a show. Um, if you have nothing going on, you know, I think I think when we did it last time, I was running it because you were out of town or something. Yeah, well, I was running up to the radio station, which I I. I've- 
taken the liberty of, of no longer doing that show anymore. So I am going to uh, definitely be available. Now, I don't know if we'll... Uh, yeah, I, I guess we probably would do some kind of show. I mean, you if, know what? if we're both available. Let's do it for plus members. There you go. See hey. see what I'm doing here? See what I'm doing here? Hey. If you want to be part of the live experience, that's awesome. But if you want to hear our reactions after the fact, we'll do it for live members. Very for plus cool. Members. Very cool. I like that Cliff, idea. Cliff, get on that. All right. So I have to work out that deal. And then what I'll do is um, basically we will... We'll, I'll release something in the... The um, I'll, how will I notify people of that? Hmm. I'll Maybe we should go to mailing G- list. Yeah, mailing list. Go to gspn.tv/list and get on the uh, mailing list. All right. So in the uh, in the uh, forum, Post Pals had posted that in the forum, and he says, "Sorry for any misspelling uh, mistakes." And um, he says he's from the Netherlands. Let's go ahead, and I just want to read some responses that came into this. Uh, Lewis Mind from our forum responded to these three questions as well. If you don't mind, if I'd like to just read what somebody else was saying. Go for it. It says, I only have direct access with Parallels, but I, but it is amazing, especially compared to the old days of Virtual PC. When you're running Windows XP in Parallels, it's just as fast as if it was running on a PC, maybe faster. I would say just as fast for the most part. depending and, and in parallels, just so folks know, you can tell the computer how much of your RAM to dedicate to that to that virtual uh, process. So you can say, listen, I wanna, if you got two gigs of RAM, you can give a gig to the XP machine and keep a gig for the Mac side. Uh, he says, there are a couple sites with benchmarks and they usually say that either program is fine or that, pel- that parallels is actually slightly faster. Um, all your programs should work just fine. The only potential issue is that if the software needed some very specific piece of hardware to work. So uh, that's the question of whether or not you should use Parallels or uh, VMware. Uh, Number two, let's see, the number two question, can I install both? He says you can install as many virtual machines. So basically the same thing you said. And then uh, question number three was any essential programs. So uh, Lewis Mind said... Uh, it's tough to suggest essential programs because I don't know uh, what you'll be using uh, the machine for. With that said, I would replace so- Safari with Firefox. Amen. I agree with that. <laughs> now, Chris, you, I, uh, you disagree. I, I disagree. I like I like Safari, man. I you know I uh, I, I guess it's because for Firefox. Now I, I've been playing with Firefox uh, three. I, I just think Firefox two, man, is slow and it's got. Memory issues because it does a lot of pre-caching. Um, now, if you use plugins, you know Firefox is the jams, and you, there's some unofficial hacky type plugins for Safari. But uh, man, I just don't like I just don't like Firefox too. Maybe maybe Firefox three will will sway me. But right now, man, Safari is just nice and fast. Uh, you know, I've had issues with plugins screwing up Firefox. I just you know whatever. Well, I've been using my Mac now for a year. And um, I will say I've had Firefox from the very first day I started my computer and have not used Safari since that first day. And yeah. I am very happy about it. Um, so I, you just have two different views here. And uh, my suggestion, at least try them both out. And if, you're a PC, if you've been a PC person for a long time and you've been using Firefox, then you definitely will want Firefox because it's, it basically gives you that 
at home feel on the Mac side because it looks very much the same, works very well. Just it, it, I mean, even the same plugins work. Really awesome stuff. So that that's my opinion. But uh, if you've been using Internet Explorer on the PC side of things, then chances are Safari is going to be just fine for you. Yeah. But once you go uh, Firefox, it's hard to go back. Yeah, Michael King is saying when there's a lot of exploits in Fire in uh, Safari. You know, they just released a huge point release, so I. I don't know. I, I don't think the exploits are anything to worry about. Um, you know, there's going to be exploits in Firefox too at some point. So just use Opera. <laughs> right. And then Lewis Mind in the forum says, if you list what apps you are used to using on the PC, we could help you with Mac, Mac alternatives. And the reason I read that is because I want people to know that if you go to gspn.tv slash forum, there is a section called Help I Got a Mac. And you can ask tons of questions there. And what's amazing is we have some people in the forum who are there to help answer these. I mean, and, and they just want, it's a community. And uh, so we encourage you, if you're, a, if you're a Mac Power user, please go ahead and register for the forum so that you can post in there and, and help answer some questions of some people who are, who are just now thinking about getting a Mac or somebody who's just made that uh, purchase and they're out there saying, hey, please help me. I've got a Mac. What do I do now? And uh, that's what this show is about. That's what this community is about. And uh, we would love to have you participate with us in the forum. And you'll sometimes get much quicker response there than if you were to send it to us uh, in an email. However, we do want to request real quickly, we want to request that you give us a call. Let us hear your voice and, and hear the questions that you have. And you can do that by calling us at area code 859 795 Four zero six seven. Again, that's area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. Now, uh, Chris, did you have anything else for today's show? No, I think uh, I think I'm good to go, brother. All right, so we have uh, just another full week before we get the keynote, and um, like I said, go to gspn.tv/list, get on the list so that you can uh, participate with us, and uh, we will uh, we'll be here. For the plus members and with that until next time take it easy and we'll be back soon talking about what to do with your mac 